Hello friends, coming to you from the beautiful Tualatin River Valley in Oregon. This is Ryan, Rai Rai, Snowy, Rai Guy, Hossy Bossy, McSassy Pants, Playboy Hossy, Hosner, and this is 69 Vinyl Records. Today is the 19th of March, day two of recording the pod. I had a fun time yesterday in our first two episodes. I hope uh, I hope you are finding them uh, more enjoyable the more time you spend with them, bringing the family around as your isolated cells grow to include grandparents and nieces and nephews gathering around the hearth to listen to 69 vinyl records. Uh, we are here in day four of quarantine at our house. Anna continuing to recover well from her emergency appendectomy the beginning of the week uh she wishes she could be out in the garden the sun has been really beautiful on these like clear socially distant days uh and she's not her muscles were like sort of like you know split apart in order for doctors to go in and make an incision and slurp out her appendix the other day so uh she's not really like doing a lot of squatting and bending but other than that we're glad that she's back and feeling good And that's where we are on day four of quarantine. Today, uh, episode three, I'm going to be listening to a rock and roll album. Uh, This is one of the early, early important ones. We've talked about a couple of records that have been important in my formative experience, and I won't give too much away, but we've got some good rock and roll music to listen to today. And we have a guest uh, coming to us from beautiful northeast Portland in the city, uh, locked up away from anyone and everyone, wiping down surfaces uh, in a very uh, obsessive and compulsive manner from what I understand. Uh, please give a warm welcome to my friend, my coworker, my buddy, Bob Wood. Hey there, Ryan. Hi, Bob. How are you, bud? I am keeping it together just trying to stay in a positive mindset working hard to be productive and looking out for people checking in with the people that i love every day finding out how they're holding up through all of this trying to get out and exercise and do a little bit of work in the yard while making sure that i'm giving plenty of space to other people so that they can enjoy and do the same Wow, and starting Bob. just a big yeah. <laughs> I mean, you uh, you sound so at ease, so zen, and so at comfort in this uh, in this time of uncertainty. Congrats! <laughs> wow, I'm glad that's how it's coming across. That's not how it always feels inside. <laughs> yeah, certainly. You uh, you and I work at the same school. Um, a lot of time uh, that we spend interacting together, our, our productivity is measured in a much different way than we're able to right now um what what kinds of things are you getting up to i mean you mentioned the checking in on people sort of like intangibles and the really like important community building that you continue to do what are you doing that makes you feel um, productive like you're making something or bringing something into the world well, my wife, Aaliyah, is a music teacher, and so she's had to work this week by um, reaching out to people online and trying to um, convert to a digital format in her teaching instead of doing it face-to-face. 
And so I've been doing a lot of taking care of her, making sure that she um, is getting what she needs, that we're doing a lot of cooking. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing a now, lot of just cleaning. When you did your uh when you're doing your cooking right now, are you still finding like have you been able to get out and continue having fresh vegetables? Are you starting to get into more of the perishables? You, as far as I know, have been pretty well quarantined since Friday. You're coming up on a week. Yeah, so I, I've done I was out at uh Fred Meyer's a couple days ago just taking what I've decided is if I'm out just covering covering my face, I, I'm still hopeful that I'm not infected, but I still have another week before I'll know for sure. Um, yep, or not yep. even for sure, but but more certain. Right. Uh, and so coming home, uh, just immediately taking off any clothes that I had on in public spaces and putting them right in the hamper, um, taking a shower right away wiping down anything that I might have touched while I was in contact with things at the store. Yeah. You know, the, maybe going a little bit beyond what is out there, but just knowing how the virus is on things, trying to make sure that if I have to be in contact with others that I'm doing my part to disinfect right away. Yeah, certainly. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like, uh, you know, being overkill in this situation is, uh, you know, the, the negative connotation that comes with that doesn't really seem to fit when, uh, like, <laughs> the, the like, structure of our society, the stability of our, like, the, of the fabric that knits us together is at stake. Uh, I don't, I don't think you can go too, I don't think you can take that too seriously. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think we should probably not call it going overkill either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that's a good thing. It's it's important, uh, right? Just like I talked about with the kids, the in, in a time of crisis, we we lean back on our on our values. We don't uh, we don't abandon them, and so in that same way, we'll start calling it um, being a little extra, uh, instead of instead of calling it overkill. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking that this at some point when you finish your sixty nine, it may evolve to. I've been thinking at favorite uh, basketball series. <laughs> favorite games and i i started Aliyah came in last night and and she heard uh basketball announcers and she said are you watching uh recorded games and yeah said, yeah <laughs> yeah just a little bit <laughs> yeah i was uh i was getting off on twitter today seeing some uh game winners lamarcus over over dallas and uh the spurs were like posting championship 1999 <laughs> videos everybody's yeah, like a, yeah. to the vault to the vault yeah I, I did my game game seven denver uh, yeah Blazers. oh man so much fun just watching cj well you are you are uh known as the blazer man the blazer man uh bob so i'm glad that this is coming up early and i'm sure that it's going to come up often i'm pretty sure that I introduced you, but neglected to introduce our album, and that uh, that <laughs> that's an oversight on my part. Um, let's do that, and let's talk about this album a little bit. Um, our f- yes, our please. third episode here on Sixty Nine Vinyl Records, folks. This is Led Zeppelin Four. Hey, hey, mama, said the way you move gonna make you 
Zeppelin IV, also known as Zoso. Also known as parentheses, commonly known as Four. Or the Ruins album, or all kinds of different... It doesn't actually have a, a name. I was reading about that, that Jimmy Page had named the first through one through three, and that it's it's really like the White Album. It doesn't actually have a, a title. Yeah, no, it's true. And they, they did switch to writing album titles afterwards. They finally were like, all right, we can branch out. We've, we've shown that we've got the chops. Now it's time to call something uh, Houses of the Holy. Well, I was I was thinking that must have been confusing at the time to say that you bought the new Led Zeppelin, but when people asked what it was called, you you couldn't actually tell them. Yeah, it's just it's just new. It's from them. It's got two sides. It's flat. It's a disc. Uh, it's got this one really epic song that uh, everybody <laughs> will uh, worship. Yeah, yeah. The both sides end with uh, seven or eight minute epics. Bob, you uh, you signed up pretty enthusiastically uh, to talk about this record, and and you've already come through with all kinds of special knowledge about it. Um, what what's your what's your memory of this record? When did you come to it? Uh, how does it resonate with you still? Yeah, so this one is actually not my favorite Zep. That's uh, that's uh, number five, Houses of the Holy. I'm I have a, a big love of uh, Over the Hills and Far Away. and I, I love that album, too. I, I have a lot of notes here <laughs> connecting this album to the next and the, the things that sort of presage what I agree is like a, a far superior <laughs> album. Well, I think I think four is a lot of people's favorite. And I um, I actually got into Zep when I was when my brother went away to college and he he bought the box set uh, and then made his own mix on tape. And I discovered it one day when he was home from college. I, I, I had my Walkman and my lawn mowing job. I would mow four, <laughs> five, six lawns a week. Yeah. And, and then did I would have spend one a day or did you have like two on Mondays or how did that work? Six, six lawns a week. Yeah, so that that was the initial entrepreneurial spirit of just getting out there and and making some money and and yeah, I uh, guess. and then that I was also um, really had fallen in love with music early and so mm. uh, then it was a lot of journeys to the mall to um, the tape store that's what the music stores were and uh, <laughs> buying buying two three four tapes a, a week. Yeah. And was that like where most of your lawn mowing money went? It was like specifically to fuel this uh, cassette tape addiction or or were you able to squirrel some away for uh, rollerblades or something? It was a it was definitely a passion of music and um, a lot of a lot of um, tapes of just anything. I, I um, I've always been deep in it. And so I fell in love with the mix and then really didn't fall in love with the album until I moved to Portland in uh, 99. And my buddy Tim is a um, Zep fanatic. <laughs> yeah. So and we, Tim is your blazer buddy, correct? Yeah, we've had uh, um, we've moved out here together and we've had shared seats for over 12 years. 
and uh well and he's, we don't uh, sit in, I, he doesn't sit on my lap and i don't sit on his lap we <laughs> we have a pair of seats it's not just a singlet sure yeah you split a you split a seat well you know you got it times are tough man everybody's scaling back <laughs> well it just doesn't work in in the current stage to have a shared seat either so yeah that's certainly true yeah it's hard to keep that six foot cushion uh yeah <laughs> certainly no so it's so uh, I guess the the good story is that um, on Super Bowl Sunday of 2000, Tim and my other roommate at the time were just running the Safeway for some Super Bowl supplies and saw uh, some guy just dragging out an old foosball table to the corner and putting the free sign on it. And on the way back from the grocery <laughs> store, they threw it in the back and then we put it into our garage space and it was put on an album and play um, hours and hours and hours of foosball. And um, and so a lot of Led Zeppelin and especially a lot of Led Zeppelin 4. It's a great, I mean, I will say this about it. The, the first two tracks, uh, really, really hot, <laughs> coming in hot. Oh my gosh they're so good um it's it's kind of wild that like both of these tracks are on the same record they're they're both just such like good kickstarters rock and roll is the opener that they play i mean so <laughs> i i have uh i've gotten into that song remains the same documentary concert footage from their oh nice their msg uh madison square garden show in 1973 or i guess it was like over three nights or something right they record and stitch it all together but um they they opened that concert with rock and roll and uh it's just awesome the the drums come in so big and you know exactly what it is right away and the crowd yeah. just swells oh man it's pretty incredible Oh my gosh, Bonzo on that album is just amazing. <laughs> you know, I was reading about Four Sticks on the backside, and mm. it got his name because he wasn't getting the beat that he wanted, and so he started just playing with Four Sticks, Four Sticks in his hands. That, <laughs> yeah, you have to do what you have to do uh, to make your your craft happen. Um, I How love about you. How did you get into it? Okay, so my interest in Zeppelin, I guess I would say. Around the same time that I got my my first record player and started to acquire things, um, I was hanging out a lot with um, some people that listeners of the pod have already heard. Uh, Curtis, you've heard mention of my cousin Matt. We had a, a pretty pretty uh, tight knit group of friends. You'll hear from more of them too. Janelle will be on a pod soon. Uh, Katie Wright will be on the pod. We we spent a lot of time together um, listening to music and getting really into rock and roll all at the same time. Um, a lot of us making music together or uh, in different arrangements with each other. Um, and the project that that we really that really took off for for us, <laughs> I really took off. I mean, gigged like a total of five times and put out a record. Um, Heck yeah, I, it's a. <laughs> It's a, it's a weird it's a weird combination of what we ended up doing, but we we definitely were inspired this uh, by this sort of like four piece, um, you know, not quite glam, right? Not like '80s glam, but definitely like pouty and sexy. Uh, yeah, it was just a lot of a lot of those kind of like four piece bands became really important as we were putting music together. Uh, 
so yeah, for me, it was, it was looking for inspiration, looking for um, what should my onstage persona be? What are different things that I can do with my voice? I, I was a choir singer all growing up and, and took like voice lessons in college too that were not for pop singing or for rock and roll singing or anything like that. It was a lot of operatic and uh that wow perfect <laughs> yeah so that that like underlying training was helpful but then i i had to do kind of a deep dive to find out what what are other things i can do with my voice that are going to sound good over the radio um yeah on the top of guitars because uh, <laughs> so, that was the direction you all were heading that was just where we were headed right like trying to be real um real technically proficient and trying to be real uh um hip trying to be cool <laughs> well i mean and it, the the album especially for just embodies that that meeting of cock rock with nerdcore uh, yeah i agree <laughs> that's really well said bob <laughs> yeah that sense that you have um those two those two openers which are just full-on not thinkers you know, a little bit of nostalgia and rock and roll, a little bit of, you know, the girl, the woman left me and now I have to blame her for everything that she didn't do right for me. You know, yeah. not not really reflective <laughs> songs. And then all of a sudden you go into the battle for Evermore and and yeah, all of a wow. sudden you're on Mount Doom or you're <laughs> you're in Helm's Deep and you're like, how did, where did what road did I take to get here? Yeah, seriously, it it really pulls back the uh, the mandolin here. Another uh, another like key influence on the music that <laughs> my buddies and I were putting together. Um, yeah, this uh, this like Scottish independent song. Uh, I guess I guess partly about um, Mel Gibson. This is the Mel. This is the Led Zeppelin Mel Gibson song. Uh, you know. <laughs> freedom yeah <laughs> well just just how they had uh had a sense of uh of, of being able to um make anything that they were interested in palatable uh and yeah in really intriguing of the three kind of like meh for me songs on this i i like this one the most uh it probably benefits from being on side one after those first two and just always feeling uh like still on the high <laughs> of how yeah. uh of how solid those first two tracks are um do you uh do you want to talk about uh do you want to talk about what some have called uh stairway to heaven <laughs> yeah should we go there go with it it's a uh... <laughs> And I, I, it's so strange to look at lyrics that I've known for so long, and then do through my lens as a as an English major of the mm. liter, literary critique of it, where a lot of times as a listener, even if we're singing along with the song, it's it's just almost unconscious. Sure, just a part yeah. Of, a part of how a song becomes a part of who you are. And and then what do you do with it? I mean, Stairway, <laughs> I, I think, almost has gone so long in our conscious that it's hard to even look at it from a, a oh, like, yeah. what exactly is, is this song about? When I, so I am pretty much, like, across the board, if I'm listening to music, I, I don't skip tracks 
on most things, even if there are songs that, uh, and I, I get I, what I'm getting at. What I'm pussyfooting around is that, um, I, can we say often, pussyfoot on this? <laughs> we can say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We Just can. not overkill. <laughs> no, it's, that's right. I've, um, I've checked the, hold on. I'm checking the rule book here. Let's see. Um, we're not allowed to reference other podcasts. Uh, you're not allowed to say that a song isn't religious when it is. Um, oh yeah, here it is. No, Pussyfoot's good. It's, uh, it's okay. in the clear. Yeah. yeah so what were you trying three. to get at? Sorry. <laughs> I often, and I didn't for this project, but I often, uh, just like flip the record before this one. It's such a thing to get into. It's not that I don't like the song. It's, but it's just, it's like, it asks a lot of you. It's very, very earnest. It's very raw, you know, and sometimes I just want, I just want to flip the record, uh, I don't know. It's it's one that like if it came on the radio, if there's if there's nothing else on, I'll listen to it and I'll sing along with it. I know you know, but like, uh, <laughs> it, it asks just, a be, lot. Because I mean, do you just wait around for the five and a half minute mark when it becomes brand new every single when time it, that yeah. I listen to it? Right, sure. it goes from being this almost clichéic. Uh, this is classic rock. Uh-huh. To that just screaming solo and when it comes on then you're like and this is everything that i love about classic rock yeah certainly and actually let's hear i did pull a sample of that let's hear just like the come out of that just like uh jimmy page right yes, here for just a second yeah Yeah, that's uh, it's hot. It's hot stuff. Um, and it really, <laughs> it is worth it. I mean, if I'm getting up once for the record, right, like skipping ahead to that part and then sitting back down, I guess there's still three more minutes before, yeah, <laughs> before I have to get up and flip the record. I suppose yeah. I could start doing that. I could let it let it start. Do, 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 and then just like jump to and then uh, <laughs> and then it's done <laughs> well but it was an interesting retake because it it is this uh it i you can see the spiritual essence of why people uh went for it that that you have those first two songs being all just below the waist yeah <laughs> and then uh and then you get your thinker piece and then you get this really interesting strange song about um about the fact that we all die and however you yeah. want to think or feel about your own mortality the reality is that that at some point you just are going to be climbing your stairway to heaven so sure and then sure. And then instead of the ang- the angels uh, playing you into the pearly gates, you have have Jimmy just just melting your face and being like, "Well, I'm gonna go into the light." <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I saw this. I was uh, I was surprised at how I was surprised at how Variety wrote about this. It's the 19th of March right now. Ten days ago, 
uh, here in 2020, uh, yeah. Led Zeppelin finally had, finally cleared their good name of copyright infringement. They won their lawsuit. Uh, turns out Stairway is always going to belong to them. Hooray. Variety wrote about it very condescendingly. He said uh, the industry was very happy about the outcome and uh, you're a bunch of idiots to think anyone could own four notes. Yeah, so I wanted to, I that was one part that I didn't get to do in my prep is go to uh, who was the other band? It's like Freedom or they they were touring with this band and then shortly after the tour then Stairway came out and and so there's a just a sample within not a sam- I mean we don't they weren't sampling but there's just like They a, weren't sampling just sort of covering <laughs> just sort yeah. of borrowing. To me it's a lot like um the movie Finding Forrester, the great film Finding Forrester, where Jamal, uh, he he accidentally he accidentally plagiarizes because he forgets to go cut out the first paragraph. He like started with something as a writing exercise to get himself going, and then it was like, well, it works really well with the piece, and then everyone's like, oh, you stole this. I think it's I think it's the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Page just forgot to delete it. No, I don't know. Um, it's uh, a lot of those, a lot of, right, like my impression of whatever group of musicians is playing together over a given time, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of borrowing and stealing and covering each other's and, co- you know, like filling in for each other's bands. I mean, you probably see this, uh, maybe not in recording, but at least in performing um, through your experience uh following around when your wife goes on tour yeah i mean there's just that weird part of of plagiarism is intent and like your your intention to actually take someone's music from them and claim that it's your own is that is really the the cloudiest part of any sort of thing because to say that we're not influenced by each other or that we um it's like someone tells you something and then by the time you end up telling everyone that you know, you probably at some point have stopped mentioning that you heard it from your buddy or from your oh, parent sure, or yeah. whoever. It's, now it's And your you're just story. repeating it as if that was something that was either common knowledge or something that you had already known or you came up with. So, yeah. you know, it's, In- it really <laughs> is so difficult to say that someone intentionally stole something versus someone was just heard something and maybe just recontextualized it or just you know we're just if, trying uh, it out if i was if i was guitarist randy california of the band spirit which <clears throat> i just want to <laughs> pretend for great a moment, name like randy I pulled california that out. rent yeah that's <laughs> it's a real shame that his legacy is being ripped off i think if i was randy california <laughs> I think if I was, <laughs> it maybe is we all name. are Randy California in our own way. <laughs> yeah, that might be uh, that might be one of the new nicknames. Um, uh, but I love, I, was... I love. I mean, even though they didn't win the case, they still stayed in popular discussion, probably oh, yeah. well past their. You know, it, it might have been similar to your high school band that started recording together and just unfortunately didn't have anyone steal four notes of yours so that you could sure, somehow exactly. stay in the in the in popular culture 
Well, and who who would say no to the legacy of having like two guys not be able to remember what band what your band was called, but still remember that you had a song? That that's the <laughs> legacy we're all clamoring for. Uh, before we move to side B, too, because um, yep, yep. there is one last note with side A, which is uh, that really the the first time I heard. Um, the Battle of um, Forevermore, which was not on my brother's mix, uh, and I really hadn't—I hadn't, uh, you know, gotten into the individual albums until um, until I moved out to Portland. Uh, but was the the great singles soundtrack uh, where Hart covered the Battle um, Forevermore. Oh wow! Oh, that's awesome. So it's that you know that early '90s. Uh, that was when I was coming into my teen and high school years and then the single soundtrack came out and it was a golden era for hip hop and rock soundtracks. Uh, that was definitely a life changer. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good place to leave our side a conversation, Bob, because it kind of teases this, uh, we've been talking a bit about copying and remixing and, uh, and what songs, uh, predict for other songs in the future we've got we've got some uh some very well covered uh led zeppelin music <laughs> coming up on side b let's take a break though and talk for a moment uh let's take a moment now for one of our favorite features this is today in coronavirus Uh, today, coronavirus, I have a quote here. Um, the president held a press conference. Um, I, I have something to share and then a question for you, Bob, uh, for today in coronavirus. The, the quote here, so this is from the duly elected <clears throat> president of the United States, uh, Donald J. Trump. The quote here is, nobody ever thought of numbers like this. Bob, ah. um, do you think people have ever thought of numbers like this? <laughs> yeah, the the disappointing uh, part of this is just how long many within the medical community have been preparing for it without without it being heeded by our public officials. So, the yeah. great article, great article in the Atlantic from yesterday, although just devastating in mm. looking at how long really the public health community has been um, not chicken littling, but just talking about that, that this oh, is yeah, certainly I, like not... ringing the bells uh, folks. We've, we, <laughs> you know, you see all the graphs of like, Oh, here's, here's us overlaid with Italy and there's a 12 day lead time. And here's the U S overlaid with China. And there's a two month, like we had lead time. We were seeing what was happening um, and there were plenty of plenty of examples of uh, of responses options. Uh, the World Health Organization has plans for these things that went unheeded. Um, but I I do want to come back to the central question here, Bob, uh, whether or not people have um, ever thought of numbers like this. I <laughs> I need to get a firm I need to get a firm yes or no from you. Uh. Well, I, I've, I've definitely thought of numbers, so. Well, like this though. Yeah, I, I started, I started just to 
do a twice a day tracking uh, on Sunday. So uh, we've seen in the U.S. Uh, things have grown by three since then. And, um, yeah. We have since Sunday at 5.30, we have about 70,000 new cases in the world. How are your parents doing in this? Are you having to convince them to stay inside? Are they taking good care of themselves? What's going on with, uh, with the olds in your life? And th this is something that I would recommend to folks that are trying to connect with people that they love, but they want them to stay in is to set up. What my dad and I have set up is an online game time where we there you go. are playing a, a daily cribbage game. Oh, uh, cribbage. You're speaking my you? language are using cribbage pro and um and then just putting the phone on speaker and and talking for half an hour hour and playing a game and you you can set it to manual counting we tried the automated counting and it felt a little bit like cheating the first yeah, time it goes way fast doesn't it yeah i mean plus you know part of it is when someone misses a account ah. to be able to you know so you're a you're a Muggins cribbage player there. Yeah, we we're definitely well. I mean, I I don't know if there is a Muggins way. Um, we haven't found that, but at least he's not going to score as many points if I don't say he missed any. Aha! <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah, what they're what they're struggling with is just the length of time. I think yeah. everybody yeah. Is, is really. St I mean, it's new and it's fresh now, and it makes sense uh to some but that this is not gonna be something that's gonna quickly go away even if we have more widespread testing even if we um, start to see an inoculation um, the scale of what that's going to need to be in order to keep society safe is just going to take quite a bit of time yeah, quite a bit of time and possibly multiple rounds. Um, folks, this has been Today in Coronavirus. I just want to remind the listeners that uh, Bob has still refused to answer my question, and I will be bringing this up the next time that we uh, that we speak. I want to know about these numbers. Um, but, folks, this was Today in Coronavirus. <laughs> Uh, Bob, we have we should talk about a couple more songs. There, there are two on this side, uh, B side that I want to talk about. Um, those being the first and last. Do you have any uh, important things to say about? I mean, we already mentioned um, John Bonham and Four Sticks being named after his unorthodox technique to get the to get the beat <laughs> slammed out. I was just laughing to a friend that the least favorite or one of the least favorite zeppelin songs is on the back which is four sticks uh, that um of every song on that album all of them have at least forty thousand people have looked at the lyrics and for four sticks only seventeen thousand. Oh wow i mean that's a big drop off yeah and then stairway is at 1.3 million <laughs> yeah yeah but you know, I yeah, I, I'm excited to talk a little Misty Mountain Hop and some When the Levee Breaks. Absolutely. Well, for me, I'll just come out and say it. My my favorite track on this record is Misty Mountain Hop. It's one of my favorite Zeppelin songs overall. Um, I love 
I love that old organ all the way through. Um, and it's, it's got, it's got a lot of those, like, it just grooves. It just does the same thing the whole time. Wow. 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 Which is a lot like, I don't know, favorite songs that I have on their next albums, uh, like crunge and dancing days, which just like do a hard minor groove and just like yell at you the whole time. I, I love it. Yeah, definitely. Plus some of your, uh, favorite themes of, uh, mistrust of the police authority <laughs> uh yeah i guess you could say that uh-huh uh, uh the joy of freedom loving folk that uh that like to have certain personal liberties yeah you're making me sound like a libertarian here which uh i want to get out in front of maybe maybe more a, a libertarian. <laughs> no 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 please don't don't um we're gonna uh, Folks, this is how people. This is how people get banned from the pod. Oh no! Oh, it, it happened so quickly. Uh, I am. I'm allowed to ridicule and tease you, not the other way around. This is rule number four. Uh, thank you for honoring the pre-agreed to rules. Yeah. No, I had missed just the uh, the disappointment with. Uh, with kind of being caught up in something in this song until I was like, oh, that's what this is really about. I just thought it was about people getting a chance to to um, kind of be young and, and do what you want to do. I love those keys. I love uh, John Paul Jones popping in there, running the song. I always picture him having these like big dangly plush hearts like coming off of his sleeve or little like charms and tokens. Oh, man really really odd. he had of the course. prince caspian hair and uh oh i love i just love the whole tableau playing this like tolkien song <laughs> well and i I, th I think one of the things we haven't talked about is just pace and tempo and how how hmm. bonham was so in it in the zone that he could just start to crank he and he and jpj could just start to um build that a little bit of pace and a little bit of intensity that by the time you get to verse four of the song and he's, you know, Jimmy and, uh, mm -hmm. and Robert just start to unleash on the song, all of, you know, it, it goes from already being up tempo song to. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, a lot of walking on the bass, like, just a lot amazing. of extra, a lot of extra there in the drums, right? A lot of extra. We teased a little bit talking about, things getting covered and sampled and recovered and whatnot. I, uh, I went to check on Levy. So we actually had, uh, in our, in our project, we had a song that we had untitled for a long time. We just called it Levy song because the drums were basically the same as in the Levy breaks. And that in and of itself is extremely unoriginal. Um, I went to check on like the number of like published works that, uh, that sampled the drums from Levy and there were like 13 pages of results. There were like 200 plus songs. Everybody from like things that you might expect from, oh, from 80s and 90s rap, you know, Public Enemy and Vanilla Ice, Ice T, um, the Beastie Boys, certainly. Oh, the, the Beastie Boys are the one. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, the sample that I, that I can hear. <laughs> 
I love I love how they built that in. The Dust Brothers just so good at yeah just yeah. And there, theirs they, was uh, I can't remember what they also brought in over the top right. They brought in some other guitar over the top of that right. Sampled somebody else. It's um that really slams. I yeah. but it's also been covered and sampled by Kid Rock and David Bowie, Beyonce, Sarah Brightman. And uh, wait, the one that I want to share is uh, is a 1995 track from Bjork. taste when in college was into electronica but i i i totally missed the sampling on army of me oh yeah i would not have i would not have thought that was um when the levy breaks yeah it's a little snip of it right they it doesn't have the second half the like but it's got it just that first bit over and over and it really it makes an already um pretty uh intense march it's just so much more aggressive yeah, I was just reading about that album. They had a great, um, great Sunday pitchfork review on Post, and talking about that song, um, just how she brings in that that beat and how it just really has that thunder. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Pretty, pretty neat track. Um, we're, I mean, John Bonham uh, might might have been the god of thunder. He he, that may have been the god of thunder embodied in human form i don't i don't think that's really been discussed enough well it's but it's also not widely disputed i don't think um well now that i'm now that i'm thinking about it how how isn't it just just known and honored yeah uh my uh the so there's all kinds of little vignettes in the concert footage right so it's really awesome uh you know sometime when we're allowed to see each other again i'll let you borrow the dvd uh there's a lot of little vignettes they they go each each member of the band gets their own sort of like feature and so there's all kinds of different stuff in there um john paul jones's is all like weird uh sort of like victorian monster thing going on weird masks uh robert plant is like climbing climbing a cliff (laughs) and like eating an apple and picking a sword out of the out of the moat i mean it's like really really over the top but um (laughs) john john bonhams it just like follows him around doing all this cool stuff um he's like well i say cool stuff and very like he's restoring vintage cars and he's uh doing drag racing and he's like uh standing up on a motorcycle and he's doing woodworking and he's playing pool and he's smoking cigarettes you know just being like (laughs) uh all these like quick cuts and the whole thing is happening while he's in the actual concert doing a like you know 10 minute drum solo where of course it ends with him like banging it out on with his palms no no drumsticks and the whole uh the whole arena just bit going as he Whoa. like 
it's uh it's really really awesome <laughs> oh man yeah some, some were not made to to live too long on this oh, earth man, they were made just to, to explode like a like a supernova and then to to just vanish bob i want to give you an opportunity to uh do any kind of final thoughts on the record we also need to play a game before i let you go uh do you have anything that you haven't haven't had a chance to say or that I didn't prompt you things that you wrote down things that are important to get well, across I, you know I just am bringing when the levee breaks and all of those amazing beats but it also just talks about what students of music those um those all, a lot of those um British rock bands were and yeah absolutely you know a lot of times um lyrics are more figurative but this reality of when the levee breaks is the story of the of the black migration, uh, the second wave of black migration into Chicago. And I mean, they're talking about it, the great flood in the South when the levees actually broke yep. and the plantations were destroyed and a lot of people lost their homes and their jobs. And, and so, in some circles, it's in some ways the start of the chicago blues is the movement of those southern delta blues artists going north and what an interesting way to pay tribute to it yeah certainly a couple of fancy long-haired british white boys uh playing their playing their stringed instruments uh just melting and then the outro you know and he's just all that I mean, in the last notes of the of the album, just all of the crazy stuff that he's doing with his voice and mm. and uh, in those those going down nows. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it creates this weird void as soon as the album is done that you don't you can't really do much else other than put the first side back on because you need something <laughs> to fill the void. Yeah, it brings you right back in. It. Um... Uh, you can't just like, all right, I'm off to bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, great album. Uh, definitely fun to talk about. So thanks for the great discussion on it. Yeah, absolutely. We um we have one more feature to talk about here, Bob, or one more feature rather to perform. Um, loyal listeners of the show will know that uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, any sort of game that I can get going up here while uh, while we're talking. And today the game is brought to you here on a – this is an MS-DOS emulator. Um, we're going to play a wow. little of uh, – I'm not sure exactly what year this is from, but we're playing a little bit of Family Feud today uh, as moderated by – uh, a computer um so i'm gonna say that there are two families uh, i'll just be reading to you what happens and uh sometimes it'll be your turn to, to do things um so i'll let you be we do have to to uh, give a shout out to richard dawson the original family feud host who oh would we be, would be remiss if we didn't mention richard dawson he, he would be central to the entire spreading of coronavirus in the country if he was still alive <laughs> Oh, man yeah had very lots, happy hands and very happy touching. lips yeah he sure did he was a regular joe biden okay i've got um <laughs> family one is the wood family uh family two is gonna be the uh 
the P boy Hossie family. Playboy Hossie all right. here. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Out of a hundred people surveyed, the top seven answers are on the board. I'm gonna let you chime in first here. This is like fast money, but there's not really or you know, we're heading to the podium. There's not a way for us to actually race. So I'll no, give you first th- rate of refusal that. here, okay? Um we're headed to the dad's face off. All right. The dad's. Yep. Name a ticklish spot on people. Ticklish spot on people under the yeah. arms. Under the arm. I'm going to write underarm. This is Dad Wood with underarm. Hey, 13 points. Okay. Dad P Boy Hossie has a chance to spot, uh, or a chance to steal, rather. My ticklish spot is going to be feet. I'm going to say feet. And, ooh, that's the number one answer with 49. Okay. There's 62 points on the board. Uh, Playboy Hossie, do you want to play or pass? Uh, I'm going to be a gracious host. I'm passing this on to uh, to the Wood family. How, right, many, how many entries do we have up there? There are one, two, three, four, five more to go. Uh, it's time five for, more? It's time for Mom Woods. And uh, the clock here, 20 seconds and counting. A, a ticklish spot on people. Uh, let's go with the neck. Okay, neck, says Mom. Hey, nice job. Two two points on the board. All right, we keep it going. Uh, let's go with the belly. Brother is going to say belly. Brother Woods. <clears throat> oh, that's an X. Sorry. Uh, all right, we're headed to now sister. <laughs> uh, my younger sister, Joanna. Uh, she might say the ears. Ears. Ears, we've got another two points. There are three more answers on the board. We're headed now to boy. <laughs> I, 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 love I guess game. I'm boy and dad. That's yeah. just a little confusing. Uh, let's go with uh, knees. Oh, yeah, the old ticklish knee. Oh, sorry, boy. That's two strikes. Uh, the oh, no. Playboy Hossie family is getting ready to steal. <laughs> they are. Back to dad. Back to dad. Uh, so we said we've said feet, feet. underarms, ears, and neck. Uh, let's go with nose. All right, a ticklish nose. Hey, that's got two points. All right, the second and fourth answers still on the board. Uh, we're here to mom. Second answer. But it has to be the if it's not the belly, it's the maybe let's try a different yeah we'll try stomach maybe stomach hey that worked i put in stomach for you instead of belly and that took it this is uh it's not a very complicated ai here um (laughs) brother has two strikes and one more one more uh option here on the board okay this is the fourth out of seven so semi-popular. This that, is actually they, the second, it, and you have 13 seconds left. Oh, it's the second. <laughs> I don't know why what? we haven't thought of it. Seven, I, six. Uh, I, the inappropriate genitals. Gen, uh, we didn't get it in time. Three strikes. All right. Uh, Playboy Hossie's chance to steal here. There's one answer left on the board. Brother gets to name a ticklish spot on people. We've done feet, underarms, stomach, ears, neck, nose. Uh, And hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. I'm going to say, like, sides. Sides? Okay. Nope, that wasn't it. Nope. Uh, Let's see. 
So you, those 77 points are going to you, Bob, and ribs. Oh, my God. Ribs? <laughs> ribs. Ribs is number two. All right. Uh, Playboy uh, Hossie's family is going to jump in here first. Top eight answers are on the board for round two. The moms are jumping in here. Um, my my response here, tell me how many times smokers tried to quit smoking. Oh, my God. This is family feud. Tell me how many times smokers try to quit smoking before they succeed. This is really grim. And it's going to be and how, how, numbers. How, how many do we have? I don't actually know yet. Um, I'll okay. tell you as soon as I get. I'm going to say three times. That's going to be mom, Playboy, Hosner. Hey, that's the number one answer out of, oh, my God. I think that was eight. <laughs> out of eight? We just have to come up with eight numbers. Oh, I'm playing. Just, I'm going to okay, take the play on so. this one. Yeah, okay. Tell me how many times smokers try to succeed, try to quit. There's three, six. Yeah, there's eight total ones. Okay, how about two? Yep, two's up there. How about uh, top eight answers? Give me a break. How about sister with one? There we go. Yeah, we've got the first, fourth, and fifth options up there. Okay. Okay. We've done three, two, one. I'm going to say boy is going to say four, even though he has an eight on his T-shirt. Uh, yep, that's that's answer number six there. Okay, I'm gonna try maybe five. Dad <laughs> says five. All right, we're doing great. This is what the listeners are here for. They showed up to hear me type numbers. Oh. Mom is saying six. Oh, six is not on the board. Six is not on the oh, board. My gosh, that is not a number of times that smokers would try to quit smoking. Don't be ridiculous. Seven. Of course is not up there there are three more numbers i i'm down to i'm down to my last strike sister's gonna say my brother's wearing a shirt that says eight no all right so bob there are three more numbers on the board we know that they are not six seven or eight this is your chance to steal and i think you only need to get one of them now there's a part of me that just wants to say never sure uh do you want me to type that in yeah, let's try it. Never is not up there. I'm sorry to say. Oh, I am sorry to say. Uh, I have 67 points now. 10 was the third answer. 15, I should have just gone with 10. And 25 was the next one. That's the eighth so, most common so, number. <laughs> some people get addicted to quitting yeah. smoking, obviously. I guess so. All right, folks two rounds in the books uh, it's down to round three uh bob's gonna get the first chime in here the top eight answers are on the board i'm now seeing that it does tell you ahead of time how many answers there are it just doesn't <laughs> tell you all the time uh top eight answers are on the board this is brothers face off uh all right this is oh and we're at double points here uh name a food that tastes better with butter bread Brother Wood says bread. That's the number one answer. 37 points, which gives you 74. Do you want to pass or play, Brother Wood? We're going to we're gonna send it over to you. You are passing. You find, I, don't, I don't think you can find seven things that taste better with butter. <laughs> oh, man. Beyond my, bread. My grandparents, all four of them, would disagree. <laughs> there are so many well, things. I, well, let's I see how you do, big boy. <laughs> 
I shouldn't start with theirs. They would say rice. I'm not going to. Well, okay, I will. I'll start with grandpa's favorite rice with butter. Nope. All right. So I've given myself a real handicap here. One strike so far. <laughs> um, boy. Uh, okay. So things that actually taste better with butter. Uh, we have bread. Um, You're sounding a little nervous over there. <laughs> well, I also know that you have to get one more also. Um, I'm going to see if biscuits are a different thing. They're not. Okay. Oh, shikes. Biscuits. You're down to one? Different. I'm yeah. going to have like six or seven to guess from? Yeah, you have a lot of options if I if I don't get this one right. We're back to dad, Playboy Hossie family. Uh, he's got 19, second, 19 seconds to think of another thing that goes better with butter. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try toast. <laughs> that answer has been used. Does that reset my clock? It doesn't. I'm going to say cookies. That's not true. I mean, I wouldn't want to make cookies without them. Oh, my gosh. But you have a chance to steal. You uh, you passed it over to me. I really fell asleep on the job. You have about 28 seconds left to come up with one other food. I'm sorry about this, Ryan, but but potatoes. Potatoes, that's a good one. You know, noodles would have been a good one too. <laughs> Anything. Anything but Anything other cookies. than just like talking the whole time. Uh, let's see how potatoes go. Hey, 17 points. Uh, listeners, we have a champion for uh, Family Feud. We would have also accepted corn rolls. Oh, come on. <laughs> Lobster. Bagel. So I wasn't... <laughs> Grits. I knew it oh, was yeah. gonna Kiss be a my tough grits one. and muffins. Grits. You were never gonna get to grits. I was never gonna get to grits. Um, it's prompted no. me to play a fourth round, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to elect to say goodbye to the patient zero of coronavirus yeah. talk shows, um, yeah. or game shows rather, and uh, and declare you the undisputed um, and so far undefeated champion. A family feud years of me watching it in hotel rooms has apparently not helped me at all well i mean i i do have a i have 11 years on you so you were still in diapers when i was already watching uh richard dawson make inappropriate comments to someone's to, wife well yeah to the his, mom of he the looks Woods family <laughs> Well, and I also think that you probably spent the majority of those 11 years, uh, and this is not to cast any sort of aspersions, but probably eating a lot of foods that were better with butter. And uh, and that's just experience you can't make up. Um, no, really not. You can't. <laughs> Bob, I want to thank you for being the guest here on the third episode of 69 Vinyl Records. We talked about Led Zeppelin for uh calendar is opening up a bit here uh i'm gonna be able to pay closer attention to my wife and my dog over the next couple of days and uh for you the listener you will notice no lag in time uh but when we talk next who knows uh we may in fact be under a uh shelter in place order uh we could be well, I think that's that's as far as I want to extrapolate what the future may look like. Yes. Bob, thank you again for uh, for guessing on this episode. Um, folks, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye.